Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, what's up, everybody? Brockman here. It's the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. We're going to do it live with Adam and TJ. What's up, fellas? Great to be here. I, uh... I'm going to start this this podcast off a little unusual right Could now. TJ, say hello. Hi. <laughs> that was so weird. I mean, Hi. What's going, you're just like taking over? No, no, no. I just wanted it's, to show people real it's quick. It's TJ here. Well, I, you know, because I already said I was going to do this, if you don't mind. Our show today is brought to you by Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. I've had a few of these today. I had a few drinking with Stone Cold Steve Austin during the big show. That's right. So uh, I'm feeling it right now. Adam, crack it open, brother. Crack. Oh, my God. I feel, I feel uncomfortable crack now. Crack it open. Well, I don't know. You just tried to, like, bogart TJ's welcome. No, no, but sometimes I, he does the opening one, and then sometimes I do the yeah, opening one. Yeah, but it's, you know, we just got to talking about Stone Cold, and that's my man, and no, I already I said your, I was going to do thing. that. It's okay. You know? It's all good. Well, let's crack good. him, though. It's I, want, I, I mean, mine's already done. I've got, like, two sips left. I don't know. Forget that awkward intro. I can't really really poor no, get uh, another one going because i gotta drive home but like oh that's true i forgot about yeah it. yeah 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 so this is awesome uh, stone cold was on the big show today oh yeah on 316 day we had a great time tj and i and everyone Ray lewis in the building Ray lewis was in the building but we're gonna talk ball let's talk some ball guys and well story of the night i think i got well there's big slate of basketball tonight but i want to talk about last night for a second kyrie irving guys Woo-hoo. man oh man this guy I'll never like him, okay? (laughs) Don't get it twisted, people. uh, Don't get it twisted, people. But I can show mad respect to this dude because he is one of the best basketball players we have. It's unbelievable. 60 last night. They absolutely destroyed Orlando. They threw up 150, 31 field goal attempts. Guy was doing it from all over the court, just shot making like only he knows how. Guys, what were your impressions of Kyrie last night? 60 in the NBA on back-to-back nights because Cat did it on t- on Monday. It was unbelievable. The scoring barrages in the league right now. LeBron has thrown in 50 a couple of times. Tatum has thrown up 50. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of 60 burgers now. Just thoughts on Kyrie, Adam. Like, what a performance. We can't talk enough about this guy, seemingly for all the wrong reasons, but I do want to talk about basketball. Like, it's unbelievable what he did last night. Yeah, so yesterday I was taking my usual uh, late afternoon nap. Do a yes. solid 20-minute 20, 20 nap. You know, keep, keep it short. It's, it's important. It's clutch. It's like the halftime of my day. And I wake up from my nap. I'm scrolling Twitter. And I see Kyrie Irving, 41 points, halftime. It's yeah. halftime. Yeah. I said, oh, my God, I need to go immediately to watch this. So I get on my phone. I start watching it. Yeah. And Kyrie is just killing everybody. Just... Just so many different moves. You know, this guy can shoot. He's able to get to the lane with ease, the finishing. It's just incredible to watch. And the thing with Kyrie is that he had 60 points with like eight minutes left last night. If Steve Nash would have kept him in, he easily could have gotten 70, if not more. So just watching him play, I know he's a very divisive person. A lot of people don't like him. That's a good word for it. But in terms of talent, though, if you're just a basketball fan, you just love watching basketball. 
Kyrie is one of the best players just to watch because he is so entertaining and so talented. So it was even just to see the second half live was just impressive. DJ, you know, I, unfortunately, I didn't see any of the game live. Yeah, I, just I kind cut, of just saw the highlights. I cut too. all the highlights. And when I say all the highlights, I mean all the highlights. Yeah. And Kyrie was in his, as I said on the big show today. And it's really weird that we get to say that during the big show. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. so odd. But during the big show, I said that this morning, Kyrie was in his bag yesterday. I mean, the mid range jumper, um, driving to the rack. He had, I, I believe, eight threes. And when someone that talented is in their bag, the way Kyrie was in his bag last night, I mean, it's all—it's already a long night for a defender when you're going against someone like Kyrie. But when he's on that type of role that he was on last night, it's guarding him is virtually impossible. There's legitimately nothing you can do other than you just got to make him try to work hard for every bucket. But even at that, like, what can you do? It was... It was amazing. Yeah, what can you do? And it's just like no Seth Curry last night, so that kind of, you know, obviously I think Kyrie went in to the game knowing, all right, I'm going to get a few more, maybe some of these perimeter shots. But Kevin Durant only took nine shots. You know, Goran Dragic didn't even score in 20 minutes, you know. So Kyrie was just on one. Like you said, Adam, 41 in the first half. I saw a tweet that he had 34, like late second quarter. I was like, wait, what? Did I read this right? You know, it's just one of those things where you see that and you're you're thinking, man, it's kind of like the clay game from a few years ago. Like, I know the score is, the final was 150 to 108, right? Orlando's not winning the game. It's not close. It's not competitive. Why is he out there? Don't want to risk injury. But when a guy is on one like this, these things happen. You're in the zone so few times in your whole career. Like, Let's just see how many he can get. Well, like it, it got he to probably a, could have got seventy. He only played sure. thirty-five minutes. It got to a point where all the Magic fans were cheering for Kyrie every time he scored. They wanted him to yeah. score. They knew it was a blowout, and they were watching history, so they were rooting him on every single basket he scored. It was that's how you know you're special. You're having a special game when the other fans are rooting for you actively. I love seeing scoring nights like this. Like Cat did it on Monday, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and it's just like. I want these guys to just see how much they can get, TJ. Does that disappoint you like it does me that coaches kind of take these guys out of the game? I mean, you want to say it does, right? But then I think back to my days playing. I'll just give you a a little for instance. Back in the late 90s and playing in a a downtown YMCA of Pittsburgh rec league, right? And uh, there was a game that we won by forfeit. Other team didn't have enough players. So instead of us just going home, we decided that we were just going to run anyway. And one of our best shooters, a guy named Mike, in a game that meant absolutely nothing, rolled his ankle. It swelled up to the size of a softball. And then we lost him for the playoffs and we lost in the championship game. So I I think of that. Like, obviously, the stakes, uh, YMCA of Pittsburgh, Rec League, and the NBA, (laughs) of course, they're, they're galaxies apart. But the basic premise is the same. Like, I, I knew going into that game, I'm like, we shouldn't even be playing this game, and we did, and one of our best guys got hurt. It would be nice to see what Kyrie could have done, but the game was already in hand. He already had 60. The next benchmark is 70 and then 81. He may have gotten 70. Doubtful he would have got 81. That would be best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, snap, break, terror, 
you already don't have him for the full season. You don't want to risk it. So I can understand the thought process in taking him out. I mean, as a fan, you would have liked to have seen it, but it was a smart play to get him out of the game. For yeah, sure. I know. It's always the smart move. It's always the smart move to pull your starters, you know, when you're up 20 with so-and-so to go. But when a guy is just on one like that, it's just, you know, I guess it just bums me out. Obviously, I understand it. It just bums me out because I want to see a situation where if someone really wanted to go for it, could they do it? Could they get to 81? Could they challenge Wilt? I saw just a funny tweet like, if someone doesn't break Wilt's record by the end of March, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> just because of the the, the, th- the scoring barrages like guys have been on. Like Curry had, f- totally forgot, Curry had 47 on Monday on his birthday. On, his birthday yeah. on the same day that Cat had 60. No one really was talking about Curry because because Cat was on one. It's just it's just unbelievable what we're seeing right now. Oh, and Trey Young had 46 Monday, too. Like, it's just mm. absolutely insane. I think Trey is 97 in his last two games, if I'm not mistaken, or something oh. crazy like that. I have to <laughs> double check. It's just crazy. Yeah, the, it's the scoring crazy. is it's so fun. off the hook right now. The scoring is, is fun. It just has me like so excited for what the last couple of weeks of the season are going to be and what the NBA playoffs are going to be. And that's kind of what I want to do here. Adam, you got something to say real quick? Well, no, I was just going to say that the Nets are on a four-game winning streak right now. They're starting to find you know, their, their balance, their rotation. I, I think Andre Drummond has been a great pickup for them. He mm-hmm. provides interior defense. So even, even though they're, they're like, a, I think, an eighth seed right now, nobody wants to play the Nets in the first round. Yeah, I was going to say, does this change how you're kind of viewing them? Or, or this was kind of always what we had kind of thought that they were going to be when they were at full strength. No, I mean, I've, since the season started, said that they're going to win the East, and I actually still believe that. You do? I really believe that the so Nets they're, will they're win the They're the eighth spot in the healthy, play. And if healthy and if Kyrie can play in home games, which are two big ifs. But but even if he doesn't, I mean, can they, can they win the East, uh, how they're just going about things right now? No, I don't think so. They need Kyrie to play at home games. He's too good of a player. That's a... To not have him is such a huge loss for them. I just don't think that they can beat a Milwaukee or Miami without Kyrie. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, look, if the standings hold how they are now, Toronto's seven, so you're playing as Toronto and Brooklyn, right? Kyrie can't play in the game because it's in Toronto. So he can't go to Toronto. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. So let's say Toronto wins because Kyrie's not going to be out there, and we don't even know if Ben Simmons is going to be playing, right? So then they lose. So then they have to play the Hawks-Hornets winner on the road. He can't even play in that game either. So there's a chance he might not play at all in the play-in. No, he can play in that game, right? It depends. Is it going to be a home game for them? Oh, you're right. Never mind, yeah. I don't know. If, it's a, if that's going to be a home game for them, then they can't. So he can't even play in that game. So he can't play at all in the play-in round. They're going to have to scrape and catch and pass Cleveland who's three and a half games ahead of them for the six seed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I didn't think about you know that. What I mean? yeah. it's, it's quite an uphill battle. But, like, when they are at full strength, which I guess is really only on the road, and TJ, we haven't seen what Ben Simmons is going to look like there. I imagine mm-hmm. he's going to add quite an element to that team. But do you think Brooklyn can win the East? Like, what does the scenario have you to know, be for Brooklyn to win the East? After, okay, so after the, the, the Nets Sixers game, right? That was, you know, what we were talking about our last podcast. Yeah, and last by the week. way, I just want to say this I was wrong. 
I was very <laughs> wrong on that one. I said I thought James Harden was going to show yeah. and prove. He'd have yeah. 40. He didn't. He didn't. And yeah. the Sixers lost. And I said that day that if that Nets team shows up with Ben Simmons in addition, I don't know how you beat them. Um, I think Ben's skill set is really going to fit into this Nets team. But is what's the deal with Ben? I hear it's, his back is not healthy. He still isn't playing. That's, you know, that's a, that's a big what if. But, it, it, I mean, if we're talking if healthy, with the team that they have, yeah, this team could. But like Adam just said, man, not being able to count on your point guard every game, that, that's tough. And we're going to see. We're going to see. But, uh, man, they looked good against the Sixers. They looked good last night. They're a problem for sure. Yeah. And by the way, Kevin Durant only had 19 points last night. So. Kevin Durant only took nine shots. Yeah. It was just one of those nights where you're just like, all right. I can he, take the day off. He's got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't have to really do much. I mean, he scored 53, I think, the game before. Yeah. Yeah. So, he did. so last night was his chill night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a luxury to have when you have those two guys who can just kind of go back and forth. And, you know, when they're both clicking, it's just like, it just kind of makes, as a basketball fan, the year before, so disappointing that. Those guys got hurt. Durant, you know, Durant was injured, and James Harden was injured. All, like, and then the Nets weren't at full strength because you seemed like they could have easily won the championship last year. Yeah, it's it's special to have two guys on your team that, to me, are two of the top five bucket getters in the league in terms of just pu- purely being able to score. So you have two of those guys on the same team, and then when you add Ben Simmons. Like you said, TJ, his game I think will fit great with him because he's more of a, a distributor, defense distributor, defense distributor. So I think they'll get a lot of open shots with him, a lot of fast breaks. So they need to to really hope that he's healthy because he can be the difference maker in that team for sure. Uh, yeah, how are you feeling about the? Oh, go ahead, TJ. Well, I, you know, the more I think about it, you say difference maker, it's it's going to be tough regardless. You can't go that long as long as he's gone without playing basketball and come back at a, at a high level. That's the thing. Like we're watching, even though Clay and Ben are completely different stories. Clay is coming back from injury, but you've seen it's taken Clay Thompson some time to really kind of be Clay Thompson. Yeah. Ben Simmons is not Clay Thompson. Okay, <laughs> but. Again, Ben's game isn't dependent upon shooting and scoring. As long as he can go out there and play defense and and run the offense, um, you know, finish in transition. Ben Simmons is a monster going to the the rack, man. He's very hard. 6'10 with handles. It's very hard to stop him. So if he can get healthy and and use his skill set, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't happen because these nets will be a problem. The nets nets are going to be a problem. But do you think they're going to be more of a problem over, I still can't believe Miami's the one seed. I, I don't think Miami wins the East, do you? They seem like, of, of Phoenix and Miami, if you had to pick one of those teams to make the finals, you'd pick Phoenix, right? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, I'd probably say Phoenix, yeah. TJ, Phoenix or Miami? You know, I kind of feel, I mean, this might sound weird to say because, you know, Miami did go into the championship during the bubble year. But I, I don't know if maybe I'm not giving Miami enough props. I'm kind of equating them with uh, week one through 11 Arizona Cardinals, where you kept would say you keep saying to me during the football season, what about the Cardinals? And I would tell you, I'm not so sure the Cardinals are legit. 
and it turned out that, you know, as the season went on, we saw holes and, you know, obviously that, that undefeated uh, record went away. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say that that's Miami, but I, I just don't know if I, if I feel like that team is going to, you know, represent the East. I, I, don't know. I, I will say this about Miami though. You, you cannot discount their previous finals experience. That's it. I know it was yeah, in yeah. the bubble. There you go. But still, you can't discount that. And you can't discount that their point guard, Kyle Lowry, won a championship. He's tough. Mm. They're a tough team. Yeah, they you have are. Jimmy Butler, Bam, Kyle Lowry. That is a tough team. is a great coach, so you cannot count out the Heat. I think they'll be ready. I do think that the Suns have more of a chance, though, but I could easily see the, the Heat winning the East, though. This is kind of a fun game. All right, let's do this now. Let's go two seeds currently, okay? Milwaukee and Memphis. More likely to win the championship. Milwaukee, without a doubt. Memphis, I like them, but in terms of the playoffs, to me, they're they're a pretend team. They're not a contend team. How about more likely to come out of their conference, Milwaukee or Memphis, TJ? Uh, I'd have to. Well, I don't believe Memphis is a pretend team. Like once again, we spoke earlier in our podcast about how well Memphis does without John Morant. They won another game without John yesterday, so I believe. And I didn't check this, so you know, all you nitpickers don't get on me. But I believe they're thirteen and two this season without John Morant. So I, I don't feel like they're a pretender. But also, when you're talking about Milwaukee, and, and you know, maybe I did misspeak about Miami because after thinking about what Adam said, yeah, they have been there. They do have a solid team, um, but Milwaukee—they're the defending champions, and they still have Giannis. And if I had to make a choice between them and Memphis coming out, I'm gonna go with the Bucks for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I still think the Bucks are gonna win the title this year again. Huh? There's a chance. I mean, look, there's legitimately six teams I feel who could, yeah, I, could I, walk away with the title. So, well, well let's list them. I, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing out an NBA. What's more likely here? But go ahead. What are your six teams? That can win the championship. Well, I think right off the East, you have there might be more than six. I just threw that out there, but let me think. There's Miami, there's Milwaukee, there is uh, Philadelphia. There's three I could see winning the NBA title, and then you have Phoenix, Golden State. Do you think maybe the Jazz? Oh, and so not Memphis. The Jazz I, over I, Memphis. I whereas I'm not saying the Jazz aren't real. I just if you're gonna say, do I feel like I can see Memphis winning the NBA title. Right. No, I, I can't. But, man, like I said, it's wide open this year, fellas, and that's the beauty yeah. of it. It is so wide open. Anything can happen. In yeah, I kind of feel like, too, Adam, it's, it's, it's like the NFL in a way for the first time in a long time, whereas when the playoffs start and you look at all 16 teams, you're like, huh. I could see 12 of these teams winning the championship, and it would not shock me one bit. Like, would it shock you if Denver made the finals? Here's the deal, right? Think, speaking of Denver, if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Exactly. were healthy and playing, I mean. Denver might have to be your favorites this year. Yeah. They are, what is their record right now? 40, 41, 41 and 28. 28. Joker's playing at MVP level, of course. And But jo let's not understate how good at basketball Jamal Murray is. Okay, Jamal Murray is Jamal top Murray was 10. throwing up 50 in the bubble. Yes. Yeah, he was so killing the bubble. If it. Jamal Murray was healthy, this this Nuggets team would be a to quote our our, our favorite guy Crumbum, they'd be a problem. They'd be a problem. <laughs> they'd be a and problem. And he's gonna come back. Like he will play in the playoffs. I believe so. Yeah, but again, it's just that you know how ready are you? How your body's gonna respond? You've sat out a long time. You're coming back off of a devastating injury. You know, we'll see. But this time next year, guys. 
this Denver Nuggets team stays together. Wow, one of the no hottest problem. teams in the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks. You want to play them in the playoffs? You don't. You do not want to play Luka Doncic in the playoffs. I mean, no. look, the, the Clippers have had the have. I think the last two seasons they played the Mavs. Yeah, and Luka ate the Clippers up. <laughs> Just destroyed them. But as a team, the Clippers won the series. But Luka is a problem in the playoffs, man. So. Again, I, I don't see them as a championship contender, but they're definitely someone who you probably don't want to see in round one. No, but if Dallas somehow makes the Western Finals I, I'm against Golden State, I'm not going to be shocked. And I think that would be kind of a fun series. The problem with Dallas is they don't have a significant second star That's the supporting yeah. Luka. I think you just need two, minimum two all-stars to have a chance. Yeah. And they just don't have that. They need to get Luka another guy to really take that next jump, I think. But you, you still don't want to play him. I though. will say, though, that Spencer uh, Dinwiddle has been playing pretty decent uh, basketball for the Mavs. He can fill it up. I don't know if he's your number two on a championship winning squad. Mm-hmm. That I'm not sure of. But, yeah. And then, you know, Jalen Brunson, surprisingly, he's been playing well this year. Um, like I said, the, the Mavs are a, a fun team to watch. I've seen a few games this year. And, you know, Luka's just... He's something else, yeah. I mean, he did it to the Celtics on on Sunday, kind of ruined KG net, KG yeah. day uh, which, up there in TD Garden. Which, but. by the way, let's talk about that. You know, um, yeah, let's do you, it. You being a Celtic fan, and you know, I as a lifelong Sixers fan, I've always pretty much hated the Celtics, and yet that 09 Celtics team did something that 12 year old me is still stunned at. 2008. Um, what did I say? I thought oh, I said nah. it's too, it's, oh, it's oh, wait. oh wait, uh, yeah. Twelve-year-old me is still stunned by. They actually made me root for them in the finals against the Lakers those <laughs> those two years. And you know, the big thing for me is you know with the and we know you're a big Brockman. You're a big Paul Pierce fan, as we Pierce, know. And it, the thing is, Garnett Ray Allen. They had that beef that lasted for years. And NBA '75, it looked like oh man, this is going to last forever. And I remember telling you that man, I want to see these guys get together because. Here's the bottom line. Life being as short as it is, you don't want something to happen. And then you look back and go, man, we could have squashed that beef and we didn't. So when Kevin was getting his jersey retired and he mentioned everyone on the team and then he specifically called out Ray, like I'm not a Celtics fan, but man, that like just as a human being, that made me feel good because you want to see that. You don't want to see guys who made history together, who made money together, you know, at odds. So that was just a, a really cool moment to see those two come together. And look, was it real? I, I'm i going to have to say this because I don't believe Kevin Garnett does fake stuff, right? <laughs> no. I don't I don't think he would do that just for a camera. People, I don't think people he would might do it for think a KG's a fake tough guy, but yeah, he doesn't, do, but he's, he doesn't he, do fake emotions. He's a real cat. Yeah. So I would say that that was a legitimately – from the heart gesture, and I, I'd love to see it. I got to be honest with you. So uh, I've been kind of fortunate the last twenty years. As Gee, you, know, you think TJ that my teams have won a lot? You make me sad. Um, <laughs> I can't help it. It's just it's just what happened. And so, but of all the championship teams, God, there've just been so many. Jeez, how do you keep track uh, of them? I don't all? know. I could try. I have like seven a, I have Super like a Bowls thing at home, and, and I, what four World Series? Six Super Bowls, six. but you can kind of count the seven. Yeah, I just count Tom. Yeah, yeah. So of all the championships, right? This sounds so stupid to say. The the 08 Celtics are among my favorite. Yeah. 03 Syracuse, I think. 04 Red Sox, 03 Syracuse, 08 Celtics are among my favorite. That team was so fun to root for mm-hmm. and watch. I went to about a half dozen games that year. Boston was only an hour and a half from my house. I went down and went to a bunch of games that year. It was just 
So fun. As you mentioned, Paul Pierce is my favorite non-Michael Jordan player mm -hmm. of all time. I love Paul. I love what he meant to Boston, what he meant to the city. He could have left many times uh, after the stabbing. No one would have yeah. no blamed him. But he stayed, and he became one of us. And then that this team got put together. And it's so funny because... You know, I think Draymond is right. LeBron started the super team era. People were like, well, Boston was a super team. Yes, but we were a big three that was put together. It wasn't free agency. It was trades. It wasn't guys calling up each other and saying, come play with me. Do your team dirty and come to my team like everyone does now. It was, a tr it was they were trades. Like, we acquired Ray Allen on draft night and then acquired Kevin Garnett. We gave up a lot. We gave up tons of assets. Al, Al Jefferson was going to be one of the best young big men in the league. Yeah. Had to give him up to get Kevin Garnett. And you see what Kevin Garnett did to Boston and Celtic pride. You wish he would have played his whole career there or at least came there sooner because what might have been. That team was so fun. And when Ray Allen and then the battles afterwards and the year after, like I truly believe they win three in a row. If Kevin Garnett doesn't get hurt in 2009 and Kendrick Perkins doesn't get hurt in game six of the NBA Finals in 2010, Boston has a three-peat. You'll never get me off that take forever, for as long as I live. I've been there. And also another take you'll never get me off of, uh, in addition to the fact that we've said it here, Adam, that like seeing Jason Tatum is going to root, just anger me for the rest of my life, right? Because the Sixers could have taken Tatum. They traded up. They didn't. The same thing with Paul Pierce. In 1998, Paul Pierce, at the beginning of the season, was looking like he was going to be the top pick. Then throughout the season, for whatever reason, he dropped. The Sixers have the seventh pick, and I'm assuming we've got AI. Let's pair him up with a small forward. Paul Pierce is on the board. We don't take Paul Pierce. We take Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes. Oh, and Larry Hughes, good player. Good player. Larry Hughes is a good player. But, player. like, in my mind, I was – and, you know, you guys get on me about my teams, but I also watch a lot of Kansas. So I knew Paul Pierce. I'd seen him play. And I was like, as the draft's going on, I'm like, this is perfect. We're going to get Paul Pierce. And we didn't. And Paul Pierce turned into a Hall of Fame, Hall one of, of the all-time greatest. All -time so that's great. another guy that the Sixers lost out on to the Celtics. <laughs> and I'm bitter and I'm angry and I'm not going to get over it. So they even well, try to attempt to make me get to over it. To even bring that full circle, I'm pretty sure that Larry Hughes is from East St. Louis and yeah. Yeah. that... Uh, Tatum looked at looked up to him as a mentor. Oh, he was his. I believe he's Larry Hughes's cousin. I believe oh, Jerry. I think, right, yeah. I, I think uh, Larry Hughes and Jason Tatum are cousins, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, so, so just to finish my point real quick, uh, and then that team battled with LeBron and the Cavs afterward, and mm -hmm. then and then the Heat, and to see Ray Allen just ditch us for for the Heat afterwards, I, I understand. Just as a fan, I felt so betrayed, really and did, I never yeah. wanted to write, like Ray Allen ever again. And so I can just imagine what Kevin Garnett felt, knowing him as I know him, as, as, a, as a fan, and what, what I've seen, and what I've read, and the documentary, and just how passionate he is. I can understand how that level of just anger and betrayal would stay with him. Yeah, yeah. So... The fact that, and, and then someone always said, look, as long as KG's still mad, I'm going to stay mad. <laughs> but when that beef gets squashed, it's squashed for me too. And to see that over the weekend, because there was a lot of speculation on whether Ray would get the invite to the jersey ceremony mm -hmm. because he did not show up for Paul Pierce's and whether he would show up. And he got the invite and he showed up 
after what they did at 75 at the All Star at the All Star break, uh, they had the moment, the talk in the backstage, the photo that got posted, and to have that moment at the Garden and to kind of officially put the 10 year beef to bed. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see, and, and we talk about it before on here, but uh, Kobe's death changed a lot of things for so many people, and I think it's to not hold on to those grudges and the resentment and the anger and the sense of betrayal that you might yeah. feel because you never know when it's over, and you'll never have a chance to bury the hatchet, and so if you have an opportunity, you have to do it. Yeah, for and, sure. I'm, and I'm glad that these guys did it because that team was so great. It was so awesome to see all those guys there. Scott Labrini and Kendrick Perkins and Big Baby Davis and just like Eddie House Free and Eddie just House. like all those guys that were there. It was just a fun time and a fun memory. And as a Celtics fan, it's something I'll remember forever. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I like that Celtics team also because they're the last East Coast team, really in team in general, to remind me of a team from the 80s or 90s. Yeah. They had that, that tough defense. Tough. Defensive mentality. Yeah, defensive man. mentality, physical get in your head, talk trash to LeBron. Yeah. So that team, even though I'm not a fan of the Celtics, I've always loved that Boston team because they remind me of an old-school, hard-nosed team. I mean, you could, in a weird way, this is just like my Boston viewpoint, they broke LeBron. They broke him, and they forced him to be like, look, I'm not going to beat these mm -hmm. guys with what's going on in Cleveland. I have to go form up some Avengers group to kind of take these guys on, and he forced him to, to do the decision, and take his talents to South Beach, and then just kind of do what he's done kind of the rest of his career, which has just been kind of cherry hop into all these great situations, try to win titles. I don't know if I necessarily agree with they broke LeBron. I think maybe I know, it got man. to the point where... I think where, they did. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it got to the point where LeBron was like, I can't do this, Bob. LeBron took maybe the worst team of all time to the NBA Finals True, and they on his shoulders. That year. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to sit here and go, LeBron was broken. LeBron realized... I mean, he looked at that team and was like, okay, I cannot do this by myself. Right. I can't get people... Like Aaron Rodgers saying, Green Bay, people come to Green Bay to play with me. LeBron couldn't get people in the NBA to come to the banks of the Cuyahoga River to play with him. So he ha LeBron had to leave Cleveland. I'm going to say that. He had to leave to continue his growth. And that's what he did. And the fact that Chris Bosh happened to come to played a part. But I believe that LeBron was going to go there regardless. And having Chris Bosh, even though Bosh signed first, was icing on that cake. But just LeBron and Dwayne Wade wouldn't have beat those Boston teams, they, they need yeah, Boston. Yeah, he was the X Factor. Yeah, Boston was the X Factor. I'm, that's what I'm, but I'm saying that yeah. he, I believe he was going to go there regardless of Chris Bosh being there or not. I, you know, I don't even know if I can say that. But, but they needed a third but guy. They needed a third guy for yeah, sure. But yeah. again, I, I, you know, I, I want to say they broke LeBron. I think it just his eyes got open to the fact that, like, look, I just can't do this alone. And it kind of changed basketball. I mean, look, now everybody does it. <laughs> you don't like your situation? Yeah. I'm out. And by the way, I, I really, I'm, I'm old school in a sense, but I have no problem with that. I, I, the fact that someone can draft your rights and you're stuck with them forever, but yet they can you know, disregard you in a heartbeat never stood right with me in the world of sports. So it's like, yeah, man, you, you your career is so limited and it's so short. Do whatever you can to assure success. Like Micah Parsons was in here. This is football. And, you know, when you see one of your favorite players on your favorite team, you're like, hey, go out, win the Super Bowl, whatever. And I, I think I said this on here. All I said to Micah Parsons was, I hope you stay healthy and get your money right. Everything else on top of that is just icing on the cake. So... 
you know, you you want to see those things happen. And, I don't know. and as a player, you have to make a judgment call. If if you don't trust the GM to make free agent acquisitions or smart draft picks, at some point you just have to make the decision to move on to greener Yourself, pastures. Yeah. Because then, you know, you're, if you're on a team and you realize you can't win, it's self-sabotage at that point to stay on that team. And that used to be looked at as loyalty back in the day. But, yeah, now it's it's just, runner, but... but now it's, like you said, you have a limited career, so you have to make that decision and make it quick. Because if you don't, then you could become like a Dame Lillard yeah. who's just stuck on a team that never really does anything. And because of that, if he doesn't move, then his career is kind of tainted because of that. Because you've never seen him in a, in a finals or a big, really big game situation. It's so funny. We haven't talked much about Dame on the pod because – he hasn't well, been playing. Yeah, but, what's there to talk about? I know, not... but I'm but I'm just saying in this in this, what is going to happen with the rest of his career? How do you see the rest of it playing out? It seems like he kind of has to end up with the Lakers. It's really the only way he can kind of change and maybe change the narrative on his legacy. Why the Lakers though? Yeah, I don't think the Lakers necessarily. You don't you just team up with LeBron. He like he has to figure out a way to win a championship. I don't know where else that is. Yeah, but is it, at this point, is it LeBron at 37? Is he the one? Like, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think, Maybe well, I Dame Lillard would look to see, like, what other team needs a one. Like, I, I'll still say this. I like having Harden on the Sixers. The Sixers would have been a perfect place for Dame Lillard to play. He's got a generationally talented big man. Could have fit right in there. I was just saying LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Dame certainly seems like a better fit than what's currently happening with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but... I, but what are they going to give up for? for yeah, how do they get Dame? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we deal in perfect Dame, world situations yeah. here. We, I, I don't know nothing about salary cap and all that. I mean, LeBron's <laughs> dying to trade those two draft picks, 27 and 29. I mean, that's a good start. Here's something for us to talk Russell about. Westbrook. I, Brockman, we talked about this on the big show. I had a little bit of a... An interesting time at the Lakers Raptors game. Oh yeah, you went on Monday night, right? For I, LeBron's fifty piece. I, well, no, not the fifty piece. Oh the, no, that was the, they. They lost they, it. To they they got the Lakers got absolutely as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say. They stomped a mud hole. The Raptors stomped a mud hole in the Lakers. They walked it dry, then they stomped another one in for good measure. <laughs> Adam, at one point, I was there, and as you know, I was in the suite. We'll just say that I was in the suite. I, I was saw you. I saw you on Instagram. I was going the first live person in the, in the suite. suite. There was, I, I, and I was like, "Am I in the wrong suite? How'd I get in here?" There was no one in there. Adam made a comment like, "You're there by yourself." I'm like, "Yeah." In the <laughs> suite, I, you know, you're talking to people. It was my buddy Double A Aaron Davis's birthday. I look up at the scoreboard at one point, and it's twenty six to six. And I was with all Laker fans, and they were miserable. I was sitting there eating a Rice Krispie treat, just kind of smiling to myself. I'm like, "This is this is wonderful." And, and do I'm they, so know, glad do to they all know that you're a Clippers fan? You Everybody don't like the that knows me, Adam, knows a few things about me. One, I love Biggie. Two, I love the Cowboys. Three, I love Halle Berry. And four, I hate the Lakers. You pretty much figured that out about me within a minute of knowing me. So yeah, they all knew. I'm surprised I even got invited. To be honest with you, yeah. How did you get the invite? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you got to super, you got to overlook that. You weren't so one of those people like actively rooting for the Raptors, though, to spite the Lakers, right? Of course. Or, but I, I, you know, I did it in a respectful way. Like, you know, I loved Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. So anytime Melo had the rock, I was yelling, Melo, you know, and then LeBron, I'd cheer for him. But other than that, I was inside, I was kind of just like clapping because they were getting done dirty. What was the vibe in the arena as they're getting blown out? Oh, it was uh, anger, a lot of anger, uh, people upset. Um, in the box, though, you know, they start bringing in drinks. They had, like, this smoky tequila situation Jeez. where 
guy was making tequila, but they did a little smoke thing. And it was, you know, and so uh, people started getting drunk and not paying attention to the game. After like halftime, you kind of knew the game was over. Maybe that should be so. the Lakers uh, team strategy now is just to get all the fans drunk so they don't pay attention <laughs> to what's happening in the game. <laughs> Free drinks. I mean, eventually they'll probably turn on Westbrook in the fourth quarter anyway with, with how drunk they are. But like give them some drinks, you know, in the first two or three quarters yeah, and just, you know, them up let them. Bit. Yeah, just let them chill a little. It's free drinks in the fourth quarter. <laughs> just. To yeah. Keep everybody going. Yeah. Those teams or, cut off drinks for the fourth quarter, but the Lakers got an open bar. Look, we're gonna sing. Yeah, home distract happy. them. Yeah, gotta distract them from from the awful. That's pretty funny. Yeah, speaking of the Lakers, we'll finish up on this, guys. A winning time episode two. Let's talk about that real quick. What did you guys think? Uh, it was a lot more Jerry West centric as yeah. uh, that kind of gets gets turned up uh, a little too much. This is what I was thinking about earlier. I'm much more interested in the L.A. part of this show. I, I know Magic Johnson's going to leave Michigan here very shortly, but whenever they go back to Magic in Michigan, I'm much less interested. You guys feel that way? Not at all. Not really? That yeah. The Magic in, in Michigan stuff is interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, because it just kind of shows, you know, where he come from, where he came from, I should say. I the, the, Man, I'll tell you what. Here's the part that got me, guys. First of all, episode one, you have Cookie. Okay. Cookie is sitting on a gold mine and she allows the gold mine to go. Like she's like telling Irvin, go do your thing. And he's like, what are you crazy? And you have to wonder like, wow, like you really did like, cause most women in that situation would just clamp onto him by the leg. And Cookie was like, no, go do your thing. And then, you know, she has her boyfriend in episode two. Right. And I felt so this poor, bad this poor guy. for this dude. Oh because this not only do you know that your ex-girl, like the most famous guy in your city, he's going to become a superstar, yeah. and you know that like he's got eyes for your lady, right? And there's what what can you do about it? You can't do nothing about that. I remember back in Pittsburgh once I liked a girl, and then she wanted me to go out to a bar with her one night, and I didn't, and it turned out she met a stealer, and then they had a thing going on, and guess what? I, I'm going to lose that battle 10 times out of 10. <laughs> But unfortunately, what I didn't have to do, unlike my man in winning time, is I never had to go like play flag football with the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. This guy's playing pickup, and here comes Magic, and he just plays against the guy, and he's like, I'm guarding you. What? I don't care how good you are at basketball. When a six foot nine inch, 18, 19 year old Irvin Johnson shows up, you're going to get just like destroyed, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I didn't like that. And he did, and, and I, I did. I felt bad. I, know, I, I was like, like I, if this really happened, I feel so bad for this dude, like, because what can you do? I with also, that Adam, and we talked about this too. I, I don't like punching down in general, and that just that whole scene just felt like, yeah, obviously you're going to destroy this guy. Like, why why do you need to come out here and do that? Yeah, the interesting thing is people look at Magic Johnson as such a nice, charismatic, happy guy, but then you just see him just being a straight up bully to this guy, like just bullying him, just flashing his new Mercedes. His cash, he like stuffed the cash in the dude's pocket. Like, yeah, I got this. Don't oh, worry like it about it. No, it what, what was, oh, it was the a, church thing. Right? Church, yeah. church it like, wouldn't yeah. fit in the hole, so he yeah, put it in the guy's pocket. pocket. Yeah, put it in his pocket, and then he's just like a foot taller than him on the court. It's like, dude, like, come on, like, like you really have to do this. Like, I get you want a cookie, but like, tone it down a little. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing, though. I guess like he, he is he is a bully, but ultimately it worked out though. They're still. You yeah. see them on Instagram in yeah. in the middle of Italy on a boat with Sam Jackson, him and Cookie <laughs> having the time of their lives. So also ultimately it works out. I think. Yeah, out, I yeah. mean, like uh, forty years later, it worked out. Um, Happy birthday to Joel Embiid today. Just want to throw that. Yeah, how about that? How about that? Also, uh, also we got a we got a nice glimpse in this episode too of uh, 
Magic got doing a lot of banging. Like two different <laughs> girls in two different cars <laughs> while he's chasing Cookie and yeah. embarrassing her boyfriend. Like this is a preview of what's what's to come. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. the, the episode started off with a big bang. And, um, <laughs> right. You know, uh, hearing some stuff around town about how Jerry West feels about this, it kind of yeah. it kind of takes away some of the pleasure because look, we're people with sense, right? We're we're absolutely able to see a a biopic and realize, all right, a lot of this it, it's for movie, it's for television. Sure. Unfortunately, there are quadruple the amount of people who are unlike us who will take everything that they see right. for fact. Well, because so, they don't know Jerry West. They, they don't know they, Jerry they, West. You know, they didn't have a chance to lucky that we have to yeah. meet him one time and so have you, him call into the show. Yeah, so and, you see this and you're like, oh, this is really how Jerry West was. And apparently it's not how Jerry West is. And apparently Jerry West is obviously kind of feeling a certain way about it. And I will say that that does kind of make me feel a little different watching this, knowing that it's really affecting someone. And I'm enjoying it. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, man, I, I feel weird. I can just imagine that, that Jerry West refuses to watch the show. And then somebody's like, you have to watch this. And he turns it on. And it just shows the version of himself having sex. He's like, <laughs> what is happening? What? He's like, this guy better be doing it good, at least. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, like about, you imagine he never expected he was that. like in, in, like, was it his garage? Like, just sleeping on the floor in his guest house. And, like, Bill Sharman's climbing through the window. Yeah, and he was just miserable. He was just so, like, unhappy. And he just... And then he got the word that, well, you don't have to start magic at point guard because apparently that was, whether this is real or not, the premise we had to show is he's got a real issue drafting this point guard because he feels he's too big to play point guard. And it literally was making him ill. And so when Charmin came in and was like, you don't have to start him at point, then it was just like Jerry came alive and was like, all right, well, I'll put him at the four and blah, 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 you know, so. What did you guys think of, uh, we got our first real good look few really good scenes of, of Michael Chiklis as Red Auerbach. How'd you guys feel about that? I thought he was great. A little, little cartoonish, but I think that was kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, he when he basically was breaking it down to Jerry, it was like, the reason they're winning is because of me. And, you know, Jerry was like, big fan. He goes, well, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> you know, like, a little bit arrogant, a yeah. uh, little cocky, but if you won 11 championships, like, I, I ain't won. No, the last time I won a championship was in that downtown YMCA of Pittsburgh League, okay? <laughs> and I'm and that was to, over 20 years ago, and I'm still a little cocky about that. So if I'd won 11 NBA rings, yeah, I'd probably be filming myself a little bit, too. Yeah, what did you think of Red Auerbach? I thought it was fantastic. I, I mean, I did he too. He, uh, he clearly was super cocky, which, like you guys have said, he's had he's had every right to be. He was the dominant coach of arguably the greatest dynasty in M NBA history, and so from his perspective, he was looking at this new guy, this this guy he's never really even heard of, and he's like, like, why am I even talking to you right now? So, and I, then I think like you know Jerry Buss took him to I think it was Chasen's, which doesn't exist, but that was like an old LA classic restaurant. And he tried to entice him with the women. And like you could just tell, like Jerry Buss was trying to like get him drunk, like maybe yeah. hook him up with some women so I can get some advice. And, yeah. and Red Auerbach was not no, interested. No, he was not. He was not. He was smoking his cigars, sticking to business. Yeah, Red was like, I got a team to coach. Red, Red's actually like, hold on a second, I am actually going to take some of your players because yeah. I need some help on my roster. And then, and then I give Jerry Buss a lot of credit in that episode, in that in that scene, to just like you can tell he's hurt. He's he's angry, and then before he does something or says something that he might regret, he was just like, you know what? 
I lost my appetite. Enjoy your yeah, night. Yeah, right. Put yeah. it on my tab. Like uh, that was kind of a really cool scene. I th- I thought. And then obviously read with the capper of uh, hey, can we add a lobster? <laughs> lobster. To this? Yeah. <laughs> can we add a lobster? To this? <laughs> and then of course the the final scene where they're at center court at the forum. I just thought this show. How much is real and how much is not? I'm not trying to get too. Yeah, we'll have to go read Perman's frustrated book. or angry about what they're kind of taking liberties on. Like I, I, I could understand Jerry West's frustrations, but if it were me, I, I, I'm just kind of enjoying it. I really like this show. I watch every episode multiple times, and I, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I mean, we're really looking forward to the next few episodes because. The regular season is about to start for the Lakers, and so that's going to be fun to watch to see what happens with the team chemistry with with Magic and Kareem. And, and well, we're seeing... about to get a new coach. You know, yeah. that was kind of the big the big spoiler is just like Jerry West realizes that he can't coach this team. He he can't do it. He can't physically bring himself to to do it, and so he quits. And so you know, they, a new guy comes in who uh, Joe Kenny, I think, is his name, but he has a bicycle accident. And so Paul West ends up taking over, mm-hmm. who's going to be played by Jason Siegel. Why don't you just ruin it, Brockman? Why don't you just ruin the episode for us? Come on. Well, people, I mean, this is real stuff <laughs> that happened 40 years ago. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see Jason Siegel, yeah. how he's going to play this character. And obviously we're going to get a real good look at Pat Riley. Because, Coming up, yeah. Because he was the, he was the like, co-announcer. Oh, and yeah, he was the, the, uh, he was the like, color guy, right? He was the color guy with Chick Hearn. And then... You know, spoiler alert, <laughs> Magic wants him to be the coach in a couple of years. So it's just like I'm so excited for what's going to come. Yeah, A lot of sex, drugs, and fast breaks. Yeah, That's it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right, everybody, we'll talk a little bit more NBA next week. Enjoy the games. Big, big slate on Wednesday and the rest of the week. I'm going to finish this Broken Skull beer. And of, and of course, winning time, out. episode three. We're going to enjoy our Broken Skull, courtesy of Stone Cold and El oh. Segundo Brewery. That's it for this week, fellas. Peace out. Oh, hell yeah. Later.